0: Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host. Mike Ayala.
1: Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast today. I'm actually really excited to bring you this episode. Um, we i don't even know exactly where we're going to go today, but super excited to dig in and have some conversations with my guest, John Vroman. What I'm super excited about, as you know, as a listener of Investing for Freedom, everything that we've done and built has always been through a framework of you know owning our time and our freedom and being able to keep the family first. And and I've said this so many times, you know, not missing the baseball games and the football games and um, being there for the kids. And um, John is such an amazing example. And even more so the community that he's building is just phenomenal. John is the founder of Front Row Dads, which is, um, I actually had originally met John, he spoke at a GoBundance summer event in Austin. But then, um, you know, through a series of events, I got connected with Front Row Dads. And it's just one of the most amazing organizations that I've ever seen. And as the word says, front row dads, I'll let him explain and get into that. But it's really just, um, the tagline is, uh, family men who own businesses. And so I'm just really excited to get into this episode today and just pull the curtain back on John and what drives him and what motivates him and, and just keeping the one thing, the one thing. So John appreciate you being on the show.
0: Dude, I'm so happy to be here. And I love that tea up, by the way, also, because I just read a post from our our friend, John Rulin. and for those people out there listening, is a guy who wrote a book called Giftology, and he's a big time speaker, travels all over, very busy businessman, happens to have four girls, you know, married and uh, a a longtime friend of mine, but his post Mike started out with like the lies that we tell ourselves. Mm. And then he goes on to talk about being an entrepreneur and how he, he wanted to be an entrepreneur because what he wanted was freedom, time freedom specifically to do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And yet the bigger his business was building, the less freedom he felt or told himself that he had. So he's later to later to get home and, you know, he'd miss things with his kids. And then he was posting these pictures of, He was at the school with Mm. his girls and he's like, this felt like a good investment where years ago I'd say, ah, going to like a a parent teacher conference was not a good use of my time, Mm. right? But he's like, that's a lie. Like, how could not be connecting with my kids and their teachers in the community or where my children are being raised and being influenced? How is that not a good use of time? Yeah. So I'm so glad that we, we led into this with freedom because that's very, it's top of mind
1: for me. Yeah. And it's, it's so, that's what I love about what you've built with front row dads too, because, you know, I, I have this analogy that I've, I've just seen when it comes to parenting, um, you know, when the kids were little and we'd go bowling and we'd put the bumpers up. Right. I remember thinking early on, like the, we're the bumpers in life. Right. And what I love about front row dads is it's a bumper. Like our job as parents is to just keep the kids out of the gutter, like just keep them, you know, they don't need to get a strike every time, but just keep them out of the gutter. That's like how, how I, I kind of measure, success. And obviously it's, it's more than that, but I look at front row dads too. And the organization that you've built is the same thing for us as dads, because just like that story you were just telling, it's really easy to get out of alignment. And I think that's why we need these communities like front row dads and go abundance and all of that, because, you know, when we're out here getting our rear handed to us on a daily basis, you know, we're taking the punches from the world to have communities like this, that are bumpers for us is super valuable.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. And, you know, um, you remember Ned shot, Um, remember, oh, Switch that microphone. I just realized I was on the wrong mic.
1: That, that probably got better, didn't it? Yeah, that sounds really good.
0: <laughs> that just sounds a lot better. Yeah, oh, geez. Yeah, uh, sorry, listeners. Uh, anyway, um, you know, was, uh, you remember Ned Shot from the event? You met him at yeah. the. I think you met him at a retreat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ned just had a TEDx released and about fatherhood, and he talks about that. Man, he talks about you know being that guide and being there for your kids and how um, you know, and for a lot of our men and what Ned is doing in his work is really important is it's creating an atmosphere of accountability. Mm. We all need that. They, it's not like we need somebody calling us to wake us up in the morning, not that type of accountability, but I call that the atmosphere of accountability when you're just in it, when you're surrounded by that culture and that vibe and and, and other great successes around of the people around you become can become your successes because you now have a model like who doesn't need that. Yeah. And, and like we also say in front row dads, it's not always new. It's about what's true. So, you know, as somebody who appreciates novelty as anybody, as somebody who's always like, what's that new hack? What's that new thing? Give me the new supplement. Give me the new, what, you know, I, I love that. I also like being reminded of like the very simple staples that make things work. And and you, by the way, Mike, I got to give you props. I, you know, I told you this, but now I'll tell your listeners. It's like, I remember I shared this idea about how I could lead my kids through this like screen time agreement. And it was like a 13 page document <laughs> with all these rules and you just, I don't know, in a, in a very cool way, kind of nudged me towards a more simple route. Right. And even that that little nudge, dude, you, you changed the way I was parenting my kids Mm. and that's what brotherhood is about. That's what this atmosphere is about where, you know, that little nudge, that simple comment, like I don't need somebody to beat me over the head with it. Like I'm listening. Mm -hmm. I'm quick to learn. Yeah. But I do need correction and guidance and bumpers like everybody else does.
1: Yeah. I love that. It's so good. Um, What I want to I want to dig I want to make sure that we kind of get some of the backstory around uh, because I think you and I could go a million directions and I want to get a little bit of backstory because you've got I mean you you had this crazy career and you've been super successful and what led to Front Row Dads I mean there had to have been some kind of freedom story uh, or or purpose or focus there yeah
0: yeah this the story was rooted in failure (laughs) failure as a father I felt you know six my son's six years old and I had achieved really, I mean, and I'll shorten the story, right? I'd achieved my business dreams. I was traveling the world speaking, uh, wrote a book that I get it. I would got a chance to talk about regarding a charity that I started back in 2005 called Front Row Foundation. And everything seemed to be going exactly as I planned, except for the fact that I wasn't a great dad. Like that was the part. And I kept saying, the thing is I kept telling myself, thinking of the lies that we tell ourselves. Like I kept saying one more season, I just got to write this book and get it out there. And then we're set. I, you know, then, when you started speaking, my first speech ever was 2000 bucks, but then I got paid 5,000 for a speech. And then I got paid 10 and then I got paid 18 and then I got paid 30. Right. And it's like, all of a sudden, how could you turn down a speech when you've worked your entire career to try to get to that stage? But the problem is that you're 50 speeches a year and I'm making great money and I'm, I'm getting standing ovations. And yet at home, my wife's kind of shaking her head in in disbelief that I'm busy out there telling everybody else how to be engaged and how to live life in the front row and all this stuff. And yet I'm not even doing it. I barely know my kids. Yeah. And that's, that was the start of it. So I just was like, if, if, if you wanted to get good at anything, then my path was surround myself with great people, not a novel concept, right? But surround yourself with great people. It's how I wrote the book. It's how I learned how to speak, but yet nothing for dads. So I was like, why do I think that all of a sudden, like all I have to do is show up and have dinner with the family and that's good enough or just tell my kids good job. But there needed to be something more there. And I wanted to dig in, I wanted to learn and that's what happened. So 30 guys got together 2016 in Philadelphia and now it's my full-time
1: gig. I love it. What What does it look like now? Um, you know, there's different versions and different levels, but um, it's such an amazing yeah, organization.
0: Two, right now it looks like 239 members. Uh, who we have three different levels of membership um, and the top level guys come to retreats. They get together in person. Um, We have at level two, guys are getting together online for these six summits that we have over the course of the year. And, you know, last summit that we had, we had 125 people from 10 different countries that joined in, and we had Dan Sullivan as our, our headline, you know, speaker, and we, we had Jeff Woods of the one thing company, uh, who crushed it about managing our time and our relationship with time. And it was just great. And we have committed guys. We've defined our core values. We know what our ethos of engagement looks like. Mm. They're good dudes, you know, and, and that is just the culture is the best part of all yeah. because look, we want ideas. We want to, we want ideas on how to connect with our wives, how to connect with our kids. We want, and, and some of the best ideas I've gotten from front row dads from other guys that uh, literally are just member led. This is a member led organization. It is the, all the wisdom comes from the crew. It comes from the group. And at our last event down in Florida, like I'm sitting at lunch having a conversation and talking about my son being 12 and rites of passage. And this one guy, I actually, Ned's at the table, Ned shot who's at the table. He says, um, Oh, a buddy of mine had something to do with like in his his son's 12th year, there were 12 mentors that entered his life. And I was like, this is genius. So now for Tiger, he just turned 12. I've got 12 men writing him letters and having conversations with him as part of his rite of passage at 12 years old. That idea came from a Front Row ads retreat. And so membership now looks like conscious conversations and vulnerable conversations, mm-hmm. guys, here's where I'm kicking ass. And then, you know, here, if, if this is what's working for me, it might work for you. And then here's where I'm struggling. I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling to connect with my teenage daughter. I'm struggling to get, I am i can't sleep at night. And I'm like losing my shit because I'm, I'm not well rested. Like all yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. My sex life is in the toilet. My, whatever it is, like this honest conversations yeah. happening amongst these men and, and comments like, here's what people say. They go, these are conversations I'm not having even with my closest friends. Mm-hmm. And mostly that is Mike, because there's not a structure built to, to welcome those conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, even like when I go to, you know, we know how is one of my best friends and I'll go to his house on the weekend. But even though when we're like, our kids are playing in the pool and I'm, I'm hanging out with him, it's not always the most convenient time to be like, let's get into the deepest conversation about your marriage. Yeah. Even though I could I have permission to go there with him. It just, Right. But when we're at a retreat or when we're on the phone and it's dedicated front row dad time, that is the time everybody shows up going, this is when we're going to go deep. And there's nothing topical here. We're not talking about the simple stuff. We're not talking about like updates, you know, a ocean just started taking, you know, guitar classes. Like, it's not that Mm -hmm. it's like, let's talk about really important stuff. And that's what the community has been built on.
1: You know, I love, I, and again, I'm just such a huge fan because I love being in, in that room when I was at the Austin, uh, event, I think it was it like October or November of 2019. Yep. yep um, that's right. yeah. So you're just thinking you get in these little zones, right. And you were talking about that container, like when you're in the backyard with how, yeah, you could have that conversation then, but it's crazy when you get into these zones, like what you facilitated, um, because it starts stacking on you, and you're like in this environment right. that just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper, and so much is birthed there. It's front row dads, but the reality was, I came away from that event with so many. There was, there was one takeaway that I had was just even thinking about how to become a better husband. Um, and Karen and I have yeah. always, you know, talked through this. Like I believe wholeheartedly that in order to be a great father, I have to first be a great husband, right? And I came away from that event with one little thing that was something that I realized, like. I'm, I'm not very organized, like I've clutter everywhere. Right. And Kara's very like, or, and for whatever reason, sh- during that event, somebody said something that triggered something in me and I'm like, you know, the greatest, I think it was actually a, uh, probably a, uh, a question that you guys had probably organized, but what, you know, what's the greatest thing that I could do to be a better husband? And I, you know, we all automatically go to, you know, these big things that we think are going to. But for me, it was like, man, if I just pick up my clothes and put them in the laundry hamper that was like 10 <laughs> steps away, these little things realizing that, you know what, I put so much pressure on my wife because she loves her home and it's organized and it's clean. And then Mike's got his crap everywhere. Right. And so when you're in those little environments, I know it sounds like a little thing, but those things start stacking and that made huge impact on my relationship. It's crazy.
0: Mm, yeah. Pretty wild. It's so. oftentimes the little things, you know, especially when you're operating a really high level, these are tiny adjustments you know, tiny adjustments that, that will make the biggest shifts. And I'm the same way. Like what's so crazy is I've been married. We just celebrated 13 years, married Mike. And the craziest part is I messed up our anniversary every year for years and years. I messed up her birthday every year for years and years because honestly, I did not pay attention to what she was saying. I didn't listen to what she really needed to feel loved. And like, it's amazing that eventually just watching enough guys both struggle and succeed, I was able to see my own shortcomings and opportunities by watching enough men talk about their stuff. It's amazing when you get 10 other people to talk about their lives and their, where they struggled, you can start to see yourself with a little more detachment Mm -hmm. because sometimes you're too close to it in order to make the shift and make the change. But you start to see some pattern recognition too. And the consciousness goes through the roof um, because of community.
1: You know, one thing I've um, noticed a lot and you, you, you keep talking about, you know, the little lies that we tell ourselves and, and even just watching front row dads and realizing your story that there wasn't, you know, something for dads, we put so much time and energy into all these mastermind groups and events that we go to, to, you know, um, I'm just thinking about we're in the manufactured housing business. So we go to these conferences around manufactured housing and put all this time and money and energy into our businesses and becoming a better salesperson and all that kind of stuff. But but we don't, so, so, many times we don't invest in becoming a better father, or even this was another thing that Kara and I were already working on this, but when we went to the retreat, it kind of solidified. You had us go through, I can't remember if it was the top one or two goals that we were going to accomplish. And mine was the couples mastermind that Kara and I were wanting to launch. And, you know, we came out of that event and I was really clear on, you know, my needs and expectations. And we launched that couples mastermind. And when you said that there wasn't something for dads, There's not a lot for marriages either. And that's the thing that I realized doing this couples mastermind for the last 12 months, watching these six couples that have gone through this with us on a deep level, two uh, trips, one of them being internet, like going through that whole process, they actually want to grow and learn together, but there's just nothing that is facilitated or I shouldn't say nothing because it does exist, but it's not, there's not enough stuff for dads, like you said. And so um, you, you mentioned a comment and this is where I was headed to with that. You talked about values like the things that we value and we do put so much value and emphasis on making money, earning, being a career person, a business person, all that kind of stuff. But really it was, it's the, it's the values around, you know, how I show up as a father and how I show up as a husband and that kind of stuff that I really appreciate about front row dads, because there's an emphasis on that. And I think what we really truly value at the end of the day doesn't, doesn't get enough focus. So I appreciate that you've developed that. Um, Tell me some of the wins that you've seen through that.
0: Oh, dude. Um, Well, Rulon is a great example of that. You know, like in his post about the lies that we tell ourselves, like he, he, he talks about front row dads in that post. He writes, you know, that he writes the phrase and this is, this is the one that gets everybody family man with a business, not business man with a family. Mm -hmm. And to me, having that phrase be repeated over and over and over again i mean jeff woods we speak about the one thing like he quoted that recently and uh on the note of the one thing you know jay Papazan, who wrote that book i remember talking to him at a gathering one time and he's like that's one of the coolest things i've ever heard Hmm. people like even just that phrase that mantra that that intention that piece alone has been one of the coolest things i've seen because it's priorities it's like i'll give you a great example How this shows up practically, you know, I used to give I'll speak personally and then I'll speak to some of the things I've seen with the other guys. So personally, I used to give my best hours in the morning to my business because those are my best hours, right? It's like I would tell my family, I would tell Tatiana, my best most creative hours are here mm-hmm. and I need to give that to my my business, at, you know. And it sounds crazy now that I say it. <laughs> like what yeah. a slap, right? It's like, you know, but, but that's what I did for yeah. years, dude. I literally left the house, Mike, before my kids woke up, so I didn't get caught by my kids in the kitchen, mm-hmm. right? Caught, that's how I used to talk to myself, right? Or yeah. I'd say things like, I have to watch the kids, or I'm gonna babysit the kids yeah. <laughs> until, right? You, you don't babysit your own children. Yeah, that's so good. You're a fucking father, yeah. like, <laughs> you know? And and so the thing is that um, then, then I started saying, I'm not gonna schedule any business before 10 a.m. Hmm. It was a shift, a conscious shift. Here's another one. I used to start checking out from the family on Sunday because I knew that Monday at 9 a.m. I had to like get to work hmm. and I, I had Monday meetings. And so I'd literally say to Tatiana on a Sunday night, I'm gonna go get two or three hours in my office to prepare for Monday. Hmm. So I had already be checking out of the family on Sunday to prepare for the Monday craziness. Yeah. And then on Friday, I would schedule calls all day. My calendar was open, people would be booking, I'd be squeezing stuff in to maximize my work so that I could go into the weekend and be with my family. And yet on Friday, I was a piece of shit because I was so exhausted mm-hmm. that I'd literally enter the weekend needing rest and recuperation from wow. the week. And so I wasn't even there for for my kids. So what I did is I stopped scheduling things on Monday and Friday. And then I gave myself freedom on Monday to just map out the t- the week. Right. And then to plan and to think. So I, I didn't start eating into weekend time with the family. And on Friday, I called it follow up Friday and it was all clear for me to button things up, tighten things up, close loops on Friday. And then I entered Friday feeling great with my family. And that was like, so, so what happened was, and I see this with all the guys is they really get a hold of their calendar and that's the, the biggest victories show up on the calendar. Mm -hmm. the biggest victories, another victory. I'll give you a couple of examples of what I've seen with the other guys, defining their core values as a family. Mm. So just like our business, we're like, well, does that business decision make sense? I don't know. Run it through the core values. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we really care about as a business? Does that align with our core values? Well, our family is the same thing. What what do we do as a family? Where do we live? What school do we go to? What do we eat? Right. Where, where like all the things, well, what are our core values? It, it determines like where we go on vacation. We run it through our family's core values. Wow. And then, and that's a big one. Another win for the guys is like, we want as much as, okay. So we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. It, it, the truth is though, we love when somebody gives us a framework, mm-hmm. right? We talked about how a minute ago, right? The, we want somebody to tell us how to wake up, Yeah. Right. We want somebody to tell us like, what do I do in the morning? Oh, savers, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, scribing, right? Journaling. So we want somebody to tell us what to do. Well, my buddy, Jim Shields wrote the book, the family board meeting, Hmm. simple concept. Every quarter you take a kid one-to-one out four hours uninterrupted, no no digital anything, just like board meeting. Right. So play, you know, play on play on words. There's a deeper story. Read the book. You got to check it out. But the guys love that. Yeah. So what they get in our group and where we start to see the wins, Mike, is frameworks, Mm -hmm. strategies, things that people start mapping out. And this guy, Matt Drinkon, And I'd highly recommend people go listen to his little episode that dropped on the Front Row Dad podcast recently. He he walked through what he learned in Front Row Dads the last four years. Mm. And he literally said, in 2019, I learned this at a Front Row Dads event, and this is how it's impacted my life. In 2020, I learned this, and this is how it's impacted my life. And really, it's just one or two things, Mike. It's one or two things that he's doing, board meetings being one of them. Right. And this is how it changed the trajectory of my fatherhood journey, my, my marriage journey. And that's what I've been seeing, dude, is like the little hinge that swings the big door, the lead domino that a guy gets that little nuance to the calendar that you start to play out. And it's a game changer long-term.
1: Yeah. And I think what's so, you know, just kind of piggybacking on that. I there, when I, when I met you and you spoke at the Austin event, It's it's funny because I kind of went to what could have been a dark place um, as a father, um, and I didn't it didn't start right then, but there was kind of an evolution, um, that I went through and it was Mike McCarthy that invited me to the front row dads. Um, I I don't know if you, if I ever told you this story, but Mike invited me because we were actually at a champions event here in Austin. And I was telling Mike, you know, my oldest is 21 now. And then my middle son's 19. He's actually living in LA now out of the house. And my youngest is 17. And I was at this period of time where I, I I could have potentially entered a really dark phase. Um, And there was this limiting belief, and this is what I want to anchor on and why I love front row dads. And you were talking about just that one thing, and Matt, you know, this is what I got, and this is what I got. I think a lot of times we get these glimpses of, you know, things we know we need to do better. You're talking about, you know, not going to work till 10 or whatever. I think everybody gets glimpses of that. But when you're in organizations like this where you get to see the mirror and you get those single takeaways, and it's just that one big win, the big win for me in talking with Mike McCarthy, he said something. About Oh, at the champions event, I gave my um, eulogy. Chris had asked me to give the eulogy and that was like, Mm. that was pretty, that was tough Um, because I had realized, you know, when I was writing that eulogy, I was trying to go out like 20, 30 years, all the impact that Mike had made, you know, bottled the water and all this stuff in the world. And, but then I was having such a hard time writing it. And then when I came down to the point where I wrote it from the perspective of if I died tomorrow, this is what would be said about me. And that like changed everything mm. for me because it came down when I, when I forgot about saving the wells and the rainforests and all that kind of stuff, all it really came down to when I put it in perspective, Mike died today and I was no longer here. It was all about, you know, what my kids would say and what my family would say and just the impact that I made. And so when I shared that, then I was talking with Mike McCarthy and I was telling him that I was in this phase where I was feeling like I was my, like I wasn't a dad anymore. Like I'm almost done being a dad. Like all of a sudden when the kids turn 18, you're not a dad anymore. I was dealing with this like limiting belief. And that's what I was saying could have been a dark place. But Mike said, man, it's the opposite. Like you're just entering a new phase of your fatherhood where they might need you more than they've ever needed you. And I was like, man, that was so impactful. And he said, I've got a pass to front row dads. Why don't you come? And so obviously the answer was yes, I went and that really anchored. The, so my big takeaway from that year was like, you even said something to me, I think, at one point in time that, you know, yeah, I've I've my, my fatherhood isn't over. It's just like beginning. But what you said to me was that, you know, that's why I, I felt like I didn't belong in your community because And this is what anchored it for me. I felt like I was no longer a front row dad because my kids are moving on. And you said to me, no, like that, we need people like you because you've been there, but you're still a dad. Right. And that was my big takeaway from that event. It really anchored something in me that, um, I'm, I'm always going to be a dad to them. Like I'm always going to be a that's father. Right. And so that was my big takeaway. So I appreciate it. And, and the reason why I was saying that getting in those rooms and seeing the mirror, it's just those one little corrections that you, we can see the that's crap it. in our own selves, but when we get in those rooms, it's just anchoring that, right?
0: That's it. Yeah. I it's uh that. that's right. That's exactly what it is, man. As is, uh, deep in those connections, my, dude, my dad is 76, I'm Ooh. 46 and I still want a connection with him. I still want him to be a dad. I don't I don't need, he doesn't tell me when to go to bed. He's not correcting me. Dude, I want to talk about politics with him. Yeah. Dude, he's a 76 year old man who has literally served in the military for 30 years. Like he's got some experience, right? Like we need to tap the wisdom of our elders. We need to tap the wisdom of the men and the women mm-hmm. who've been on this planet for a while and seen a few patterns, mm-hmm. you know, run around and, you know, I want to, I want to tap into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. It's not like I'm trying, I'm not trying to break free of the chains of my father anymore. Like maybe for a while I was, but like, I'm not, dude, now I like want his influence. Like I'm asking for his influence. I said to him literally a couple weeks ago, I said, Hey, I want to figure out what our relationship is going to look like over the next decade. Mm. Like I'm talking long-term with him. Like let's make the next 10 years, dad, between us, the best father, son, 10 years we've ever had. And if you're in your thirties, forties and your dad and you're lucky enough to still have your dad in your life or he's alive or he's present or whatever, like speak that into existence, man. Don't wait for him. Mm -hmm. You might be the leader for your dad right now. You might be the one to like invite that relationship in. Don't just sit around and wait for him to take charge. But if you're a dad out there listening and you've got kids that are in their twenties, thirties, forties, then reach out and say, what kind of relationship do you want to have over the next decade? What do we want our father's? son, father, daughter relationship to look like in the next five or 10 years. Let's make it legendary. Let's, let's design and create and craft. Our best years are ahead of us. That's so, you know, that is the most exciting place to be. I do. And I want to talk about politics with my dad. I want to talk about finance. I want to talk about, you know, what, what it means to be in his stage of life and I can be as influential to him as he can be on me. Hmm. And that's a great partnership.
1: Yeah, that's so good, man. Um, This last summit, the online summit that you guys did, we went into breakout rooms and, and um, you guys asked the question, like, you know, fast forward to the end of the year and what would make this year a success and just, you know, anchoring back to like the values and all that. I took away a ton from that uh, online summit, but the one thing that. And sometimes the answer is right and like right in front of us. And the thing that I'd been struggling with, you know, my son, Tim is living in LA. Dylan has his own apartment. Kayton's a senior. And my big takeaway was like, I need to connect with every one of my children every single day. I'm in that phase where I literally need to, and this sounds crazy, but I have to set, I have to make sure that I set a reminder so that by the end of today, no day goes by that I don't contact Tim because he's living in LA by himself. And, and it's really easy, you know, we're all here in Austin, even though Dylan lives somewhere else, like it's really easy for us to connect and it's really easy for, um, I just had this revelation when we were in that room, uh, in that breakout room that, you know, Tim's out there by himself and, and it's on me to make sure. So that was my big takeaway, you know? And so getting in these rooms is, mm. it's just so powerful. And like, even here, just, you know, you talking about your dad, I need to add my dad to that list. <laughs> Because uh, mm-hmm, it, it, I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. connecting with my kids every day, but I need to connect with my dad more often.
0: So, good. I, you know, I like, th- I like this idea and I haven't done this by the way, but I heard about it and it's intriguing. So I need to figure out some version of this for myself. Um, but I love the idea of like taking three coins. Like if you've got three kids and you start with those coins on your table and they're like, you know, tails up, let's say, and each coin, maybe it's a different coin, a quarter, a nickel, a penny mm-hmm. or something like that. One representing each child. And you say every day when you have a positive connection or interaction with that child, right, you call out something great about them. Mm-hmm. You see a strength in them, whatever just a connection point, you flip the coin over. And it's just a conscious physical reminder of like, that's my mission every day. It's like that, and, and, and whether that's your style or not, I just, I love the idea of tangible things. I love something that's, uh, that I see that reminds me of what that is. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what it'll be for me, but I need something like that. So if there's a listener out there and you've got a good idea, john at front I love it. Send me a message.
1: I love it. You know, when I'll never forget as uh, I went to a Franklin Covey symposium, it was the year 2000 actually. And so I was, I mean, I don't know how old I, I, well, my son was just born. So I was probably 21. And I remember um, being there and they were talking about what matters most. And, you know, you literally need to pencil in time for each kid and all that stuff. And I had this thought, Mm -hmm. John, even back then, I'm like, who, who needs to schedule time for their children? That was like the initial thought that hit my head. But then the more I took inventory, the more I realized that, no, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, Jay, Jay and, and Jeff are always teaching, you know, put your vacations on the calendar first, because then the noise comes in. And I love what you just said about the coins, because, you know, I I think, you know, my mind might initially say, well, do I really need a coin? But yes, I need a coin to remind me to make sure that I had deep, meaningful connection with every single kid every day. I love that. I appreciate it. So good.
0: And it'd be cool if that thing tied into your family values somehow, Ooh. like if you, if you're wondering how to do these things, I recommend like, look at your family values and say, what reminder, what system, what process aligns with my values that would help me to stay in the space with that. Mm. Um, Cause it could be lots of different things, but we know that habits change when we have these cues, we have these signals. Uh, we need that. We have the world advertising to us. We need to become the CMO of our own lives, you mm-hmm. know, and learn how to market to our, ourselves and our families in the way that we want to create and ingrain and to, uh, you know, to create space for what we want to build to show up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I love that you, you know, you're, you come back to values all the time and and I think backwards on, you know, I don't, think Karen, and I had kids early. Um, I was 21 when Dylan was born and she was 20. And so I literally remember leaving the hospital. And I had this thought when we were putting him in the back of this little two door Honda civic, I, and I said to Karen out loud, I'm like, we have to go through more to get a driver's license than them sending us home with right, this child. Right. right? And it's right. like, you know, the old saying that there's not a manual, that's but, right. um, you know, on the point of values, um, when I think backwards through life, even leaving my job, I left my job when I was 24 started my first business. And the reason why was because Carol was pregnant with our third child and I was working out of town. I was working literally 90 to 110 hours a week. Sometimes out of town, I'd cruise home Sunday night, wash my clothes, get a cold dinner and head back out of town three o'clock AM the next morning. And that was like what my uh, wife's third pregnancy consisted of. And I woke up one day realizing, you know, my dad was a shithead. He was gone, drunk, alcoholic and in and out of my life. and, subconsciously, like when we're on the values conversation, I was like, that's not, I mean, we can learn there, there's two ways we can go. We can have a shithead dad and then become a shithead dad, or we can break that and, and learn from the negative in our life too. That's the thing that Karen and I had, you know, conscious conversations around when we were younger, I was going to be a present mm. dad. I wasn't going to miss the games. I was going to be a front row dad. I wish I had like that, you know, term anchored, but I was going to be a front row dad. So when I was missing that pregnancy, that's what led us to, you know, leave and and start our business, which kind of my one of my values is freedom and freedom so that I can be with those kids and do what I want. And so I think defining that, and I, I want to I pull on you know, some of the greatest values you've seen in the outcome too, because mine was freedom. That's why I quit my job. But it also led me on this entire life that I may have never found if I hadn't defined that freedom and made sure that that's when right. I was out of balance, I, I wouldn't have a lot of this. So I think you keep bringing up values and I think it's something to anchor on. So what are some of the greatest values that you've experienced or have or have seen from the front row dads?
0: Yeah, you know, well, first of all, credit to Darius Mm Mirshazadeh, who is a good friend of mine, lives here in Austin. Darius built a wildly successful business, scaled from 30 to 1000. 30 to a thousand employees in Mm -hmm. three years and, uh, and, and basically stepped away from that business to be a better dad, Mm -hmm. um, and to be with his family and what so Darius wrote a book called the core value equation. And I love his process for how he comes up with the values and how he writes them. And so we wrote our front row dad core values based on his model. Mm -hmm. He helped personally develop our, our values. I go for walks with him, you know, and talk about life and family and business and all the things, Um, so mad props to Darius. And by the way, Darius, as we speak, Darius is going to be running our training in, in an hour and 20 minutes in front road ads from right now. He just came up with a program on how to scale your business. So quick plug for Darius, like mm-hmm. for businesses that are probably between like a million and 10 million or so, or maybe even a little bit bigger. Like he created a system of how he did it. Cause he gets asked all the time, like, how did you scale so fast? And one of the ways he writes about in the book with the core values is, is he, he if you understand your core values and then you run all the decisions through that, then that works. And he did it for his family and he has these beautiful core values for his family. And they're written in a way that are fun. They're written in a way that like the kids can understand them. Um, and so there's a little bit of like writing for the timeless part of your values, but also the here and the now I'll tell you what our core values are. And so the, the way he writes them is he has a he has a fun way of defining each one so like our first one is called feel the beat and beat spelled b e e t and the actual value is nourishment that's our first core value. And so how it reads is it says "Romans nourish themselves and others. We believe in home cooked meals that energize our whole being. We respect our environment and connect with nature. We love being barefoot and grounded. We move our bodies and rhythm with the planet in sync. Connected to source, we choose to plug in, play, dance, laugh, sing. We choose to rest, recover and repeat. We feel the beat." Right? So that is like if you if you've ever anybody who's ever met my wife like health Is at the very top of our list, and so we could have made it health, but we landed on nourishment because we felt that nourishment, kind of this encompassing, like we do things that nourish ourselves and nourish our community and nourish, right? That's that's the word that we love and feel. The beat is like my. We're always dancing together. We're you know Tatiana's constantly dancing, singing. She plays drums in a in a female drumming band here in Austin. It's so awesome, right? So so we had to look at the whole family, we had to ask what naturally emerges for each person when we're together, like, who are we really not, not even what we aspire to be, but like what naturally is there at our core that we can define and speak about that, that we can then stay in alignment So again, it's not aspirational. It's not like, well, we want to be more organized. So let's make organized one of our core values. It's like, no, not if it's not really who you are at your core when you're at your best. Mm. Right. So, so that's an example. The other ones are like, the second one is Aloha, which is all about connection. So Romans value community. We cherish our friends and love making new ones, seeing the good and all that surrounds us. We believe in making memories, experiences over things. Happiness is only real when shared. We smile, snuggle, hug, and love. We, for, we quickly forgive, forget, and move forward. We give more than we take. So that's our connection. You know, again, it feels like it's kind of like relationships, but yeah. we, you know, we're, we value relationships at such a high level. So now, as an example, when we want to make decisions, we're like, well, where do we go on vacation? Well, where what spot will nourish us? Wow. Which one's going to be in alignment with that first core value of feeling the beat? Where are we gonna be able to play, dance, sing, eat healthy food? The second one is like, where is the sense of community? Where are we gonna be able to meet and may, may, make the best memories, have great experiences? Where are we gonna be able to connect with each other and others, right? And then, ah, and, oh, yeah, is the last one, it's about originality. So making art really for our family is like what's being original. How, we, how are we creators, not just consumers? This by the way, Mike, here's a practical application of this. When we were choosing the kids' school this year, we were so tormented over the last couple of years. Is it Acton Academy? Is it Waldorf? Is it Montessori? Is it homeschool? Is it unschool? Is it, right, what is it,
1: right? It's like,
0: there's all, and so all we did is we basically looked at all the models and said, what does each of these programs stand for? Hmm. And then we looked at our values and we pulled them out. We laid them on the table and we're like, which of those schools aligns best with our values? And then dude, the decision was like, it was made like that. It was, it was literally three seconds. It, It was such an obvious choice after we looked at our values. We're like, well, that's it. It's right there. That's the answer. Yeah. And that was a beautiful representation of how these values are directing. Um, Mike McCarthy, who you just spoke about, has his family values hanging over his fireplace. Yeah. Right. And what's so wild is I even know what his family values are. And I see his kids do things. And I'm like, dude, you're, you know, and I'll quote the family values to his children. Wow. Wow. Right, yeah. man, you're a resilient warrior, mm-hmm. right? When I see them do something in the community, I'll be like, wow, you're a resilient warrior. And because he knows his values, mm-hmm. he's defined his values, he's talked about his values, we see the values when we're at his house, it's such a beautiful way to create that common thread.
1: Wow. So awesome. Dude, I got the chills right now, man. I'm like, I, th- so a couple of things that I, I wanna just kind of mirror back and, and get your thoughts on. Um, you know, Kara and I have always, I shouldn't say always, cause I don't think we knew this early on, but, um, there was a point and I don't know exactly when it was when we decided, you know what, well, we're going to say yes as often as we can, because we want to teach the kids that the world is a yes world. Right. But within that, when I'm hearing you talk about these values, it kind of next leveled for me because when the kids understand, you know, I'm thinking about these values that you guys have created and whether it's discipline or whether it is saying no, when we say no, that creates such a framework that, um, you know, when we do have to discipline, it's not in alignment with our values and they understand that it's not just like, you know, you get your butt spanked or, you know, no, you can't do that or whatever. I think kids get so programmed and parents get so programmed to just, you know, create a no world. But when you were saying all that, I got so excited about it because really when when you anchor those values and the kids get to be a part of that process. And then like when you were talking about Mike's kids and everything else, and they start living that and understanding it whenever you have to correct them or whenever you say no to something or whatever, it's through a context and a framework of values that they can understand. And so they understand why. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it answers the question. I came up with a great idea the other day. I thought Mike, like I thought it was a great idea. I have a (laughs) lot of ideas (laughs) for the record. It was for business. And I ran it by the team and I'm like, I got this idea. And then the team was like, well, let's run it against our values. Mm. And then we'll see if it's a great idea. And it's like, ah, so genius. (laughs) It allows for things to move beyond you. You're not the bot, nothing's bottlenecked anymore because everybody can look at it through the lens of the values and our agreements. And it helps our kids to figure out what their personal values are, right? Because if you want your kids to make good decisions, then they have to know who they are and what they stand for. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be able to make good decisions in the world. But if they don't have that, which is why, in some ways, why religion can be really great. Except what I hear constantly from people is, I love the structure that religion can bring. I don't love the dogma. Mm -hmm. I don't love the unhealthy pieces of religion, the righteousness, the, you know, Mm -hmm. but but I love the fact of having some type of guide about what is right or wrong. I love the stories and the parables and the metaphors. And I love all that that's really what we're getting to is like values. So however you bring it into your family, whether it's through an organized religion, which can be really healthy or through what you organize for your family, defining and knowing who you are and what you stand for is one of the most important things. And, and by the way, it's not easy. This mm-hmm. could take weeks or months or maybe even years for you to really know if you're starting at a standstill and you've got no momentum here, but the key is to get started, mm-hmm. get, get Darius's book, You know, get in conversation, grab a buddy, go for a walk, talk about values Mm -hmm. and start there and, and then, and then grow.
1: Join Front Row Dads. (laughs) <laughs> join front road ads. Yeah. I mean,
0: if, if you're called to it, right. Yeah. The truth is, and here's the other part, the reason we wanted to define our core values as front row ads is not just to find out how to recruit more people. It's to keep the wrong people out as much as it is to get the right people in. Yeah. And when, when you can send somebody like, Hey, this is what we value. If that doesn't work for you, then don't join. Yeah. Uh, or here's, here's our ethos of engagement. This is how we treat each other. If that doesn't vibe with you, mm-hmm. definitely go find another group or start one. Yeah. Right. Because we're not here for for everybody, but we are, are here for somebody. And, and maybe that's a guy who's listening today and maybe it's not. Yeah.
1: You know what I've, I've realized through go abundance and, and front row dads. I mean, there's the same like ethos there. Um, it kind of (laughs) self it self-regulates, right? Because if you don't fit, um, it, it's very obvious, very quick, like, and I'm not saying that from a standpoint of, you know, uh, but you're right though. Like, you don't want people in there that are not hungry and want to live by those values and want to become a better husband and want to become a better father because a big part of what I've realized, um, you know, you mentioned Matt and when I was at that live event, just sitting at the lunch table, man, just hearing those conversations and, um, and so, yeah, what happens at the event is awesome, too. But, you know, those guys that are in that room, they're, they're feeding and you're feeding each other. And so it's not just what you go to an event to get, which is kind of like a traditional conference type thing. There's a guru speaker up on the stage. But you've really created this ethos, this ecosystem of just badass warriors that, like you said, want to just impart. And so you can't just come to a group like Front Row Dads and just t- expect to, to take. You're there to give, That's too. Right. And so I've, i have I... I guess I just wanna acknowledge you for the group that you've built and the way you've done it, because it's rare, it's very rare.
0: Yeah, thank you, man, I appreciate that. You know, it's it's so interesting. I find myself, Mike, still battling an inner voice at times where I'm like, dude, I started this group, I've been to every training, every retreat, and there's times when I'm like, I don't need to show up to this one. Like even the last Business Evolution, I'm like, I got myself in my head saying, Uh, I think I know everything that's going to be said. Right. And then I show up to the event and I'm there and I get this idea from uh, Dan Sullivan about the gain, the gap in the gain Mm -hmm. and measuring how humans who are happy achievers measure uh, uh, with the progress they've made and unhappy achievers are always asking where, what more they could do Mm -hmm. and what they don't have. And I thought about as a dad, uh, how could I apply that business principle at home? And so here's why I started, Mike, and I think your your guys, your gals, your listeners are going to appreciate this. And that is, I started a weekly lunch with Tiger. And I call it the gains lunch. Mm. And here's what it is. We sit down and we have lunch. He loves food. He loves to eat at restaurants. So we go to lunch every Friday and we sit down and I get a journal, same journal. And it's all about documenting where he made progress in the last seven days Mm. or where we made progress as a family or where he made progress and the whole thing. and, And by the way, that might only be three minutes of an entire lunch, but it is the purpose of the lunch is to sit down and talk about what, where you were, where you are now and the progress that you made. Hey man, wow. I saw that you learned that extra song on your violin or your guitar. I saw that you, right. That you, you did this thing for your brother and you're, you're developing your empathy, your passion know, your, your compassion or whatever. Right? right. I can see that you're getting stronger. I can see that you're, whatever is an improvement. I see that you're reading longer or reading better or comprehending the information more, any of those things. It's a gains journal in our life. And like, I find that when I'm depressed as a dad, it's that I'm comparing myself against other men who are perceivably further along than I am in any category. And I'm thinking about all the things I didn't do and all the places I messed up. But whenever I'm the happiest, I'm focused on the progress that I've made. And that no matter how many times I intellectually get that, Mm. I will fall victim to depression if I don't practice it in my life, wow. like a, like a white belt. And, and that is the thing I'm, I'm, I'm committed to as a dad. So if there were like five things that I'm doing that I'm proud of, that would be one of them.
1: That's amazing. I, I love it. Um, it's so, it's so, practical. And I think sometimes it's overwhelming. And so I love, you know, there's just kind of a theme that you keep coming back to. I mean, it's just taking away one or two things every time, just, you know, that's it's it. kind of like that thing of becoming, you know, 1% better every day. Right. And that's the thing that I yeah. love about front row dads. And and sometimes it's even mirroring back. So when we went into a breakout room, I was with a guy in there and, um, you know, one of the facilitated questions brought me back to a thing that, um, I guess has been really One of the things that I think um, I grasped early on, I believe that you can have an amazing business and also an amazing family. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, I think you believe that from an overarching perspective, but the thing that I've realized is, you know, you were just talking about all those things that are on our plate and everything, all that pressure and the limiting beliefs and all that. And I think sometimes even just back to your statement about not going to work till 10 o'clock, I think sometimes we just, when we get out of the way and we do less um, that becomes so much more. And I was sharing this with a guy in the room. Um, and he literally, he shared it with the group. It was one of his big takeaways. He literally had it in his mind that he either could be successful in his business or he could be successful in his family. And that was like his big takeaway. And so it mirrored back to me that, you know, something that's been kind of natural to me is, is like earth shattering to someone else. But the question that I have directly to you is just on the thought of doing less. Um, and I, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. You've got a lot of relationships you manage, but how have you thought about that? And how has that evolved in your life?
0: Oh, that that's been, well, props to my buddy, Tim Nikolai, right. Who, mm. you know, Tim sat down with me in his office, uh, pull, you know, got the whiteboard going and was like, as I, I asked him, let me back up for a second. I asked him to help me figure out how to scale front row dads. Mm. That was the question, right? How do we scale front row dads? And What's interesting is he sat down and he said, all right, well, first, what type of life do you want to have? Like, what does your schedule look like as a man, as a husband, as a dad? Tell me about that. Tell me what you love to do, what Mm -hmm. activities, you know, in the business bring you great energy. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to build a business around that. And so we did, we mapped it out and, you know, you can create an org chart and the truth is, and I got to give props to my buddy Tucker Max for this idea too, because five years ago, and I told him this on our summit, you might've heard me say this is like, um, five years ago, we had sat down for lunch when I moved to Austin and Tucker was talking to me about exiting what was Book in a Box and now is Scribe. They're doing tens of millions of dollars of sales, right, huge, huge business. Mm. And Tucker was talking about exiting his role as the CEO. And uh, he just wrote a blog post. And in fact, a couple of people sent it to me because I've been talking about firing myself as the CEO of Front Row Dads. <laughs> and Tucker's article was about firing himself as the CEO of Scribe. And it was the best thing he's ever done. Mm. And I think that in many ways, this is also a key component of this, Mike, is understanding your ego Hmm. and understanding your ego is a part of figuring out what your schedule looks like. Hmm. Uh, You have to have a deep understanding of that. You have to have a a, a deep connection to the future and the pain of like what it looks like to keep ignoring your family or your health or whatever. Like Hmm. there needs to be a couple of pieces of the puzzle that need to work here. But I think that what has to happen is it's clarity. It's a real maturity that i needed to go through and is still going through a uh, a wrestling of my ego in some ways an understanding of my ego hmm. the false self that wanted to project something a a blueprint that was no longer serving me hmm. a model of what i thought success looked like in life that no longer worked for me and a willingness to just let the old version of me die, right? Like a willingness to just go, that doesn't have to be my truth anymore or my reality anymore. And all of those things, all of those people, all those mentors led me to a place where I'm proud to say, and, and really I'm, I can pat myself on the back for this, Mike, that I don't even know how many weeks I've taken off this year, but I literally can't count how many weeks I've taken off this year, six weeks on the road with my family in a trailer. Right. And then two weeks in Mexico. And then I took two weeks to move into my new house. And like, I can't even tell you how much time I took off this year in business. I mean, literally we're 239 members last year. This time we're at 130 members or whatever. The business has grown. Mm -hmm. The business is flourishing and largely, like you said, a lot of it is getting out of the way, but you have to understand basic concepts like zone of genius or right or unique ability as Dan Sullivan talks about it. So if you were getting a couple of those things in place, start with Dan Sullivan's Who Not How book. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Yeah. Right? And start thinking about the structure that serves you and all these pieces will come together and they'll work in harmony. It's an orchestra, man. It's an orchestra. And 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 it may be even like I don't mean to make it sound overly simplistic, but if you get a couple of guys around you that, that do this, you can't help but find your way to it because mm-hmm. they won't even let you. By their actions, by the culture, yeah. by the agreements that are made, both said and unsaid, it's impossible to not do it. Yeah. So and like good. you said, you won't even survive in our community. People will be like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing, man? Like you can't bitch to our community about how hard you're working and all those things. So we'll call you out. Yeah. Right. We'll redefine what success looks like in life.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, it's what you opened up with. I mean, it's the little lies that we tell ourselves, but then they become part of our core beliefs. And that's what I yeah. love about that. <laughs> I'm going to listen to what you just said the last five minutes, like on repeat every single day for a while. Cause that was, that was huge, man. Um, one last question and then i'll let you go because i want to be respectful of your time um what does freedom mean to you
0: oh um i love this question man and i don't want to give you a canned answer i want to like breathe into this for a second freedom right now for me and i emphasize right now right freedom right now for me is the ability to have the space to adapt to my evolving needs. Mm,
1: That's good. I love it. Love it, man. Well, where can people find John Vroman, Front Row Dads? front
0: man, that's the place to go. If you're out there listening and you're a dad or you are out there listening and you know, a dad, um, and, and somebody who wants and chooses to be a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family that resonates, then please go check out the podcast, check out the website. There's resources, there's enough there where you can for free and in a very short period of time figure out if this is the right thing for you. Sure. And uh, if it is great, and, and if it's not, then just keep searching for that. Because what, what I'm confident of is that no matter who you are, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whatever, you need community. Um, my buddy Brandon says, "Brandon says, uh, community is the greatest survival tool. Sure. And I agree with that. And in, in the world that we live in right now with the amount of interesting dialogue that's occurring around the world. Um, My advice is find your community and uh, really pour into your local community. Know who you are, know what you stand for, know what your community stands for, and then do what's healthy. You know, whatever happens in the world, whatever's about to happen, whatever's coming in the future, like do what's healthy no matter what. So dude, whoever's elected president, whatever rules are passed, whatever, whatever changes, whatever side of the aisle you stand on or whatever it is, like the one thing that remains the same is that do what's healthy for you and your community Mm -hmm. at a core level. So if that means growing a garden in your backyard, because the world's about to collapse or not grow the garden, if it's healthy for you to dig in the garden, dude, if, if supply chains break or whatever, it's like you're still going to be happy. Maybe that you dug in the garden. Yeah. Like, well, that's a great, healthy decision, no matter what. Totally. Right. Yeah. So that, that my, my thought is for all the people out there that are listening is find your crew, find your community. And if we can help you great. Um, and I, I love what you're up to Mike and I think people should stay connected and plugged into you. Um, I know I feel that way because one of the things I really appreciate is you're even keeled grounded, intelligent yet humble approach to life. You're wildly successful and yet you're radically curious Mm -hmm. and you have an insatiable appetite for wanting to just keep making progress and defining what that looks like. And so hat tip to you for what you've built and what you've created. I really admire and respect your world and aspire to do a lot of the things that I feel you've done right as a dad. I want to follow in your footsteps with that. So thank you.
1: Thank you. And that means a ton coming from, from you and, you know, just even everything that I know you stand for. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, on the community front, uh, a last thought there, I don't remember who said this to Karen and I, but it was very impactful. And they said, you know, the, the adults that are in your life, would you trust them to parent your children if you weren't present? And that, when that, this was years ago, but when somebody said that, I was like, Oh wow. Like that really, causes you to stop and think about the community you're in. And, you know, Jimmy that you're at the bar with or whatever, watching football and all that kind of stuff. Like, would you let this person parent your children if you were no longer present? And so, you know, the one thing that I can say is that the majority of the people in front row dads, I haven't met all of them, but everybody that I've met, I would let parent my children. So you've built something amazing.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. I feel the same way.
1: Cool. Well, I appreciate your time and, uh, man, you're just awesome. So appreciate your contribution to the world.